Hello and welcome to ESM Squared, the podcast for experienced social media marketers. Today I'll be chatting with Andrea Esty from the University of Vermont. The university has an impressive Instagram community of over 43,000 followers at the time of recording and the social media activity as a whole really stood out to me as being particularly structured, clean and authentic. I wanted to find out more about the people backstage. Andrea is at her office in Burlington, Vermont, and I'm the other side of the world at Icona Square HQ here in Limoges, France. So please forgive the quality of sound, which we've done our very best to make as smooth as possible. So hello, Andrea. How are you today? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here um, in beautiful Burlington, Vermont. You are the digital content strategist at the University of Vermont. Can you tell me how long you've been working in this position and a little bit about your daily work? That's right. Um, so, yes, I am the digital content strategist at the University of Vermont. Um, so I've been with the university for about four years Um So I guess it's time for me to graduate or maybe I'm going into my fifth year of school. (laughs) Um, And I oversee our digital team. So when I first started, I was really a team of one managing our social media and our digital content on our website. And over the past four years, the team has really grown to include a social media manager, a videographer, as well as a digital recruitment specialist who's really focused on kind of recruiting our undergraduate uh, class. So the team has grown tremendously. And so obviously we're just able to do um, so much more work, higher quality work, more exciting work. Um, So yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Great. And so um, just so I'm sure I've understood, your work is slightly different to the work that you do with your direct colleague for social media, right? Exactly. So we have... We're very fortunate to have now two of us really focused on social media. So my role is really more focused on strategy and looking at how our content kind of unfolds across all channels. So not just social, but also our website. Um, Also kind of thinking about how publications come to life on the web. Our social media manager is really, you know, in the trenches day to day, um, really engaging with our community, doing a lot of listening and kind of reporting back to myself and leadership, because especially during these times, you know, social media is just not about kind of getting information out there. It's also about taking the pulse of how our community is doing, what their worries and concerns and questions are. Um, So, yes, the two of us kind of work hand in hand um, to keep things moving on social media. And I believe you work mainly on Instagram. Um, Is there a particular reason for that? Exactly. Yes. So Instagram, I would say, is kind of our primary focus, our primary channel. Um, One of our main communications goals as a group is obviously recruiting and retaining um, students. And we know that Instagram is the most frequently used platform among those students. So between kind of those key ages of 16, all the way up to, you know, 21, 22, our current student age, um, Instagram is the most used platform. So we want to be where our students are, um, kind of meet them where they are. Um, So, you know, with, I think each incoming class, it just becomes clearer that platforms like Facebook that were maybe, you know, more popular five or seven years ago, those students have really shift a lot of their attention to Instagram. Okay, so it's the main focus. Is it the only focus or do you still have a presence on the other networks as well? 
We still have a presence on other networks as well. So we oversee the university's flagship channels on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We also have a YouTube channel. Um, we oversee our LinkedIn. And we're, I would say, taking a pause on Snapchat at the moment, um, just seeing kind of how user trends have evolved in the last year or two years. Um, so yes, we have kind of a, a catalog of channels that we oversee. Have you thought about TikTok? We certainly have thought about TikTok. And as you might have heard, there is some turmoil right now in the United States about whether or not uh, we'll be able to continue downloading TikTok. Um, so when TikTok first emerged as a platform, um, having gone through you know so many new social networks emerging in the past few years, I hopped right on TikTok and claimed the University of Vermont handle. So we do have a handle there. I've claimed our name. If you go there, you'll see that we haven't posted anything. Um, I'm kind of waiting for, I think, the right student partner to come along, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I've had just stellar interns in the past. And I think that's one thing that's so great about this job is that, you know, I get to work directly kind of with the folks that I'm attempting to market and communicate to. So, I can have kind of an intern by my side who's just that gut check of, you know, what do you think about this? How would you say this? And so TikTok, I think, is one of those platforms that to do it right, I really would love to have, you know, a partner who is a native user of TikTok and not somebody like me who, you know, is kind of in the shadows lurking on TikTok, um, but, you know, not deep in the platform. So we're definitely thinking about it. And, you know, I'm paying attention to, more and more surveys coming out saying that students prefer to use TikTok over Instagram. They still use, spend more time on Instagram, but they prefer to use TikTok more. So it's just been kind of interesting to see, I think particularly during this really heavy time, folks are kind of turning to TikTok as an escape. So we're thinking about it. That was a long answer to your question. Yeah, I think that you're right about the I mean, I'm, I'm seeing people also um, preferring TikTok these days. And it's strange because when Instagram first came out, everyone said how addictive Instagram was and how you once you started scrolling, you couldn't stop scrolling. And that's it. It was it was just you had to get back onto the platform. And I personally, I have to say that TikTok has replaced that now for me. So maybe something to do with um, with reels could be a good alternative for you guys. Absolutely. I feel the same way. Um, and I think a lot of students are feeling that way, you know, so we, we try to put that lens on our Instagram, you know, we want to provide content that's, that's valuable and, you know, connects with folks and kind of meets them where they are. But, um, you know, we also just, I think, all carry a responsibility as people who manage social media to think about what you're adding to the conversation and know that, yeah, you might be scrolling through Instagram and seeing some pretty heavy stuff on either end of your post. So kind of how, how is your content looking in context? So yes, I, I share your emerging addiction to TikTok. I also um, do much late night scrolling on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's many of us who don't anymore, to be honest with you. <laughs> Can you tell me some of the key figures that you tend to follow uh, for your performance on Instagram? Absolutely. So the key kind of metrics that we pay attention to for Instagram, um, obviously there's a tremendous amount of data out there. So the most important thing to us is engagement. Um, 
and really looking at, you know, engagement based on reach as well, because we know that, you know, not everybody sees our posts. We are seeing those numbers, you know, start to go up year over year, which is, which is great. But, um, you know, knowing that not everybody sees our posts, um, really paying attention to of those people who see our posts, you know, are they engaging with it? And then with that engagement, um, you know, particularly over the last six months, as our content has really shifted, um, looking at not just kind of overall engagement, but how many comments are, are things getting, how many saves are things getting, um, you know, how deep do the comments go? So are people kind of going back and forth with us? Is it a really kind of high touch conversation? Um, we're also paying attention to on places like Instagram, direct messages that we get because we're finding that we're having a lot of really pretty in-depth, I've continued to be surprised in-depth kind of conversations with folks, um, via DM. Um, and then the other things we pay attention to obviously are things like reach and impressions, um, you know, kind of boosting our reputation is another communications goal of ours. So we are always paying attention to, you know, how many folks are we reaching and how far kind of beyond our follower base is our content extending. It's really interesting, actually, because I've done a couple of these podcast episodes now. And obviously, I mean, anybody who knows what they're doing with social media marketing knows that engagement is more important than number of followers, etc. But actually something that I'm um, that I'm realising as I speak to different social media marketing professionals is that they are really are looking, including yourself, looking deeper into that engagement and um, what people are saying and the intention behind it. And that's really interesting because that's something that you can't measure with a metric. That's something that's real. You have to feel it and you have to read it and be there yourself and really be involved in the engagement which is happening on your account and money can't buy that you have to you have to be there and do it exactly i you know sentiment i think is something that we pay a lot of attention to and um you know some of that we use tools to help us figure out okay how are people responding to this but exactly like you said it's a lot of it is just kind of the human emotional intelligence piece of we are the folks that are reading the comments all the all day um so you know, one thing that's been really valuable during this kind of time of crisis is just we are really kind of the listening ear for the university, um, for our students, for the community. So we are able to kind of take the pulse and report back on here's a question that we're seeing people, you know, ask a lot. I think that we need to put out something about, you know, this particular issue. Um, so, yeah, sentiment and kind of the nuance of engagement, I think, is really important because, you know, you could get a post that has 10 likes and 500 comments. And that means something very different than a post with 500 likes and 10 comments. You know, um, Absolutely. if you're not getting a lot of likes, but you're getting a lot of comments, there might be something going on there that you need to pay attention to. Let's talk about content types. Um, We've spoken before and you told me that you try to include every week a certain number of different types of content which correspond to certain values that you have there at the university. Sense of place, sense of purpose, human stories. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. So as a university, we, you know, it's an incredibly exciting place to work because there is so much just constantly changing and happening. So the kind of the people piece of it is multifaceted. You know, we know that we need to be showing kind of the hands-on learning experiences that students are having. Um, 
that's been particularly challenging and interesting this year as students, you know, or many students are learning at home or doing classes remotely. Um, but really showing what the learning experience is like um, and, and doing it in, you know, often an unfiltered way. So kind of offering our platform to students, handing it over, you know, finding the great kind of storytellers on campus, but really kind of handing our platform over to them and saying, tell your story in your own words. Um, that's something that we do a lot of with takeovers um, on our story. So that's a that's a piece of the people dimension. Um, you know, research, I think, is another kind of really interesting challenge on Instagram because you think about, you know, a really kind of dense research discovery on, you know, anything from climate change to we just had a study come out about, you know, Europe's forests and the state of forests in Europe and it's kind of these really dense research topics and how do you take those and make them approachable and understandable for a 16 year old who might be thinking about coming to college and might not might not have ever you know considered the research that you're talking about so um, really just seeing everything through that lens of accessibility making a university kind of accessible and thinking about it as we are really the front door to the institution for for many folks, um, you know, access is something that we think a lot about helping students who may not, you know, have ever heard of UVM or might not be sure if college is the right next step for them, um, helping them to really kind of see that full ecosystem of what's happening here on campus. And then the sense of place piece that you mentioned. Yeah, obviously, we know we all know that um, beautiful pictures of, you know, landscapes and uh, beautiful architecture, just we know that those things perform well. Um, but we also know that, you know, here in Vermont, we have kind of a really strong tradition of being a pretty unique um, state in terms of our history of agriculture, um, food systems, climate, you know, science. Um, so we know that kind of place is really infused into our identity as an institution and really attracts students from not just the state, but the Northeast and around the country and the world. So um, place, you know, place, I think, with a deeper meaning where we can where we can find it. How do you figure out the kind of content that you want to post? Is it purely based on past results? Is it uh, the type of content that you have seen that the followers seem to prefer to other types? a certain format which works better than others? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's probably a combination of all of those things. You know, we absolutely look at kind of trends of what performs the best. Um, you know, we know that anytime we're kind of on the national stage, um, people who are affiliated with our community really respond positively to that. You know, anytime we have anything featuring an animal, we know that that's probably going to perform well. You know, so there's those kind of anomalies, I would say, that we know are just going to totally outpace everything else. I think it's it's finding, OK, what are those kind of patterns in the kind of bread and butter day to day type of content that we can really leverage? So, yeah, you know, we're looking at data, but we also do a good amount of experimenting and looking at what our you know peer institutions are doing, what other brands are doing. Um and then certainly, you know, the last few months, we've been sharing different types of content. So we've had to, you know, share kind of really vital information about campus 
or we've had to kind of address how the university is addressing racial injustice. So we've really had to stretch ourselves and say, okay, how do we do this, you know, in a thoughtful way without showing yet another photo of campus? You know, how do we, and how do we make this content accessible? So we've done a good amount of experimenting and I think learning along the way and being really nimble is, is critically important too. So, um, you know, something that we might try if it doesn't work, the next time it comes up, we're going to look back and say, what did we learn from that? Um, and oftentimes, you know, that feedback loop is pretty fast. So we might post something and start to see comments come in and say, well, we learned our lesson. Next time this happens, you know, we're not going to do that again. Um, so that's, you know, it's one of the challenging things about being in social media, but it also, there's constant learning, right? It's, it's a constant feedback loop. And if, if your content's not connecting with folks, you're going to know that. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, now seems like a perfect time to ask you where you get your inspiration from then, because you speak about checking out what peer institutions are doing and kind of looking all over the social media space to find out what's being done during certain times. I mean, obviously now we're talking about COVID, but there are other events which, uh, which merit a certain type of communication. Uh, so where do you get your inspiration from? Yeah. So in terms of inspiration, um, you know, I'm kind of in a unique role in that I do oversee our social media strategy. I also oversee our digital content strategy on our website. So um, I think I bring a lens of trying to bridge those two worlds and really seeing it as, you know, we have we have kind of one story. How are we telling that story in different ways? So. I draw a lot of inspiration from, you know, media companies and maybe traditionally print publications to see how does somebody like the New York Times or, you know, the New Yorker really kind of reinvent what might appear in a print, you know, newspaper or magazine into, you know, then a web story and then into an Instagram story. And how does that Instagram story, you know, compare to a feed post? Um so I draw a lot of inspiration from those kind of best in class media companies. Um, and I think it's good for all of us to remember that our content is being seen side by side with those brands. So, yes, you know, we're an institution of higher education. Folks aren't going to have maybe the same standard of photography as, you know, the New Yorker. But in my mind, I, I do want our content to stack up if you're scrolling through your feed and, you know, for it to still catch your eye, even if you are following kind of these best in class folks. Um, so, yeah, like you mentioned, you know, we do obviously follow a lot of our peer institutions and, and the folks that are doing just incredible work. Um, so we try to keep a pulse on what other folks are doing. And we also do look at how their content's received. You know, if we see somebody do something that's really out of the box, we pay attention to how you know, what the comments look like, what the interaction looks like. Um, so we do a lot of we do a lot of learning, I think, in that way as well. That's the end of part one of this episode with Andrea Esty from UVM. Check out part two where we continue our discussion and Andrea tells me about a really great UGC project she ran on Instagram stories, how she managed it and what the results looked like a couple of new hidden trends she's noticed working alongside college students, and the role social media plays in the decision-making process of prospective students coming into UVM. Hope to see you there.